and welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we speak radical grace, raw truth, and real hope in a gray world. I'm your host, Denise Pass, with my fantastic co-host, Micah Maddox. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say something new every time. I just can't do this the same way. So exciting. So exciting. And we're discussing shame this month during the launch and rollout of my book, Shame Off You. Yay! I'm so excited. I know I say that every week as we are, you know, planning for your book to come out, but... I really am excited about what the Lord is doing, and I'm Mm -hmm. super excited for you and for those who are going to be changed because of your book. So last week, we talked about exposing and recognizing the culture of shame, and today we want to talk about overcoming and developing a shame-off-you culture. The scripture for today is from Ezra 9.6. I prayed, oh my God. I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you, my God, for our iniquities have climbed higher than our heads and our guilt extends to the heavens. This verse for me, Denise, I know I've had times in my life where I could say these words, Mm -hmm. I'm ashamed to lift my face or I'm embarrassed to lift my face to you and I want to hide my face from God. How about you? I mean, have you been there? Oh, yes. And even if it wasn't, what I love about this verse here is that when I felt so buried in shame and I could not see my way out, that when we come to God, when we come to Him and pour it out, that's when we find our deliverance. And what's interesting about Ezra's prayer is that he was not just feeling the shame for his own iniquities, but for God's people who had turned away from God. He was grieved by the sins of his people and did not try to escape labeling himself amongst them. And I believe it was conviction, not condemnation he was feeling. This is different than the shame we often encounter, but it is beautiful that he's recognizing the shame. He does not just try to make excuses for it or try to hide it. Yes, this is something you mentioned in your book. You know, hiding shame does not heal it. Why is shame such a big deal? I can, I can hear people asking, you know, why is mm-hmm. this such a big deal? Why write a whole book on shame? Why point us to something that we don't really want to talk about? I don't want to talk about my shame, you know? And I don't really want to uncover somebody else's. <laughs> so is it really possible to rise above it, and why do we need to get rid of the shame? Yeah, I'm like, right? no, no one wants shame, right? Right? <laughs> and that's that's why we try to cover or hide it. And, you know, and I just, just this past week, as I was reading different applications for people for the book launch, people were just sending me incredible testimonies of the past year of me writing on really shame mm-hmm. about how it's changed their lives. Mm-hmm. And I honestly wept. As I read it, because I thought, God, this message you've put in my heart is changing lives. Mm -hmm. It's because shame snuffs out the life that Christ intended us to have. And the crux of the matter is that ridding ourselves of shame is imperative to living a fruitful Christian life. Shame accuses us and robs us and prevents us from living on mission for Christ. We become too absorbed in self and distracted from what really matters around us. And we end up chasing rabbit trails of shame, trying to answer those accusations instead of the call of God. Mm. You know, worshiping at the throne of acceptance from man prevents us from pleasing God. Mm. This is why shame has to be dealt with. It keeps us focused on things that just don't matter. 
in the scope of eternity and causes us to live defeated lives here on earth. Wow, it really does. It's so true. You know, so how do people overcome this culture of shame, Denise? You know, especially if they are living in it. Mm -hmm. If they are surrounded by people who operate in a shame culture, if they're used to seeing other people shame other people and condemn other people and, you know, just uncover and rip off the band-aids and the forgiveness Mm -hmm. that God's already offered, bring up the past. You know, shame can be cultivated in different ways. Mm. So what's your advice? You know, when I was a kid, I watched this movie that terrified me. Now, it's kind of cheesy now, but (laughs) it was a movie called The Body Snatchers. I was not allowed to watch scary movies. (laughs) Okay, disclaimer, disclaimer. Um... But the idea was these aliens came and inhabited people's bodies. So people who you thought were who you thought they were looked the same on the outside, but they were invaded by these extraterrestrial beings. Bear with me on this. (laughs) I'm going to land this plane. So sometimes I feel like I look around and people are just not really there. Mm. They are preoccupied with all the people drama surrounding them and don't really see the spiritual dynamic at play. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual battle going on all around us. Like we discussed last time, we Mm -hmm. have to recognize it first. But then it is investigating into the real root of shame. So what is the root of shame? And how have you encountered a culture of shame and overcome it? The core root of our shame is formed by a fear of rejection and cultivated by comparison. Wow. As long as I can remember, rejection has played a role in my life. I desperately wanted to measure up to whatever the latest standard was, but never felt that I could. And that standard just kept changing. Just when I thought I had it figured out, I wanted to be accepted and liked, but was unpopular and criticized. Mm. The roots to this rejection were formed from a desire to be known and celebrated and feeling so very marginalized. Uh, I don't know about you, Micah, but I was a very shy little girl. I was too. I was the little girl who like literally hid behind my mom. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at adults as they would speak to me and I would think, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what words, like my brain could not form the words to come out of my mouth. And that's shame. Mm. You know, and the youngest of three, you know, um, I had two older brothers I admired, and they were not afraid to try anything. And as they became star athletes, I struggled behind and tried to look athletic (laughs) while I chased after the bats they threw. Just call me Batgirl. (laughs) I wasn't a superhero. (laughs) But I wanted to make my family proud, but I did not have the skills other people had. So I chose to play the tuba. (laughs) <laughs> Nerd alert. No, why are you laughing at that? Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I came out of my I came out of my shyness and shame a little in my high school years. So I was like the cheerleader, oh, the volleyball there you player. Go. I'm <laughs> see, I knew that even when I say to people that I played the tuba, everybody laughs. So see, there's shame there, you know. Oh. But but the only problem was the tuba was bigger than I was. Mm. And the struggle was real as I tried to carry my instrument with all my four foot eleven body could muster. <laughs> and the band director had mercy on me. He he suggested I try a smaller instrument, the euphonium, which is oh. kind of like a mini to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I played that thing every day. I had an occupation. 
Mm. A purpose, an identity. You know, granted, uh, Miss Cheerleader here maybe wouldn't have thought of that. The identity of a little girl puffing her cheeks playing a brass instrument. But I finally had something I could do, and I could do it well. And so while my world around me became crazy as my parents divorced, remarried other people, divorced again, I blew a lot of hot air into that instrument. And when people sought to abuse me, and I encountered rejection at school from people wanting to beat me up because of my nerd status and the Aww. color of my skin, coupled with the rejection I felt from all I was going through, I took those feelings of rejection and let them fuel my passion for music instead. Mm. You see, shame became this driving force within me to accomplish things to overcome it. But deep inside, there was this feeling like I would never be enough. I think so many people feel this way. Mm -hmm. You know, they have their secret wounds and they want them to stay hidden. They try to overcome and they just can't do it. Yeah, because, you know, overcoming our hurt or shame does not happen by trying to perform our way Mm. out of shame. And that's what I did. And honestly, it became a part of my personality. Mm. I worked so hard to be enough, maybe I would finally arrive. Oh, but now that has become giving my best for Jesus. You know, a lot of people think I'm an overachiever. Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) I might. There's probably some truth in that, Denise. I think there's some truth in that. But when I was growing up, it was out of this, I've got to snuff out the shame. I didn't even know it. You know, I wouldn't have called it that. Right. And and now it's, I want to be faithful Mm -hmm. for his glory and and giving my best, not to win the favor of man or acceptance. Mm -hmm. That's worshiping at the wrong altar. But we overcome, to answer your question, shame by recognizing the deception behind shame. Mm. We get sucked into lives of shame because at the root of shame is the belief that what we have and who we are is not enough. And here's a beautiful truth. We're not enough. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Because we're, we're so often told, even in a Christian culture, that we are enough. Mm. Right? And we've, it, we can't really ever be enough until we realize we aren't enough. Like yes. we've got to humble ourselves and realize that we have a need. Yes, and if we don't see that need, we can't be saved. Mm. And that's not the end of the story that we're not enough. God is. Yes. He's our sufficiency. What does that mean? That means he's everything we need. Mm -hmm. At our point of weakness, he is our strength. So instead of focusing on my lack or other people's definition of me, the shame I felt, I choose to focus on Christ's definition of me. Mm -hmm. He knew we'd never be enough, but he proved our worth by dying for us on the cross and forgiving every single shameful thing we did, setting us free from our sins and the guilt, and the guilt, the shame of our sins. Shame does not stick to a forgiven soul, friends. We also overcome shame by stop seeking the favor from man. This is birth and pride. Seek favor from God and let go of man's opinion. The Holy Spirit can enable us in this regard. We need to be equipped with God's word so we can counter shame biblically as well. I love this. You know, it gets it gets tiring. Yeah. And it, it's really slavery as we try to please man and we try to answer and we try to have that response to everything that we encounter. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I recently had a situation in my own life where I had posted something out on social media and a woman came in and she started commenting on what I said, saying I was displaying my faith. And I said, 
I, I didn't respond, but in my mind, I responded. And I said, no, 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 I'm not displaying my faith. Don't, don't shame me for being a display of the gospel. I wanted to tell her, I'm exercising my faith. You know, I'm living what I am saying. I'm not a display. I'm not right. on display to be seen. And mm. it really hurt, and it, it hit that nerve of shame in my yes. heart. Because, because she misunderstood, right? Mm-hmm. And so often shame comes through misunderstandings. But, you know, I love how you so clearly point us back to who are we going to please? What does God's word say? Mm -hmm. What does he tell us about ourselves, about our shame, about who we are, about whose we are? All of these specific things that point back to God's word over and over and over. I love it. It's Mm -hmm. beautiful. You know, in January, I spoke, I was asked to speak for 200 middle school girls. Mm. And the topic was, you are a display for Christ. Wow. (laughs) And so here's the interesting thing. That is what we're supposed to be. We are supposed to display Him, but ultimately, it's His grace in our lives. And when people see that, some people will sometimes, unfortunately, assume that it's about us. Mm -hmm. But when we are talking about what God has done in our life, it's about Him. Right. And I've had a lot of that. You know, when I would try to record music and people will say to me, oh, you know, you're trying to be famous or whatever. Yeah. So who am I singing about, okay? Right. <laughs> you right. Know? But I used to respond to those things, too, and I finally realized it's an audience of one. That's right. That's that's it. And and But it is sad when Christians shame one another. It's it just, is. you and know, here's the so best sad. part. Can I, can I finish up? The best part, she wraps it all up with sweet friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm oh. like, sweet friend. First of all, I don't think we're friends. I do love you, sister, in Christ. <laughs> This is bad. This is, I'm revealing my human nature here, but shame off me. Well, well, sweet friend, I have to, I will tell you, I can't use those words now. I do use those words, sweet friend. I know. But I do think if we're couching that, see people, we're not called to be junior Holy Spirit. And yeah. a lot of times I think you have to have that relationship and probably, I do have a chapter on this in the book too, the reach of shame. And it does mm. talk about social media and how that magnifies the shame because Definitely. it's, you know, a bunch it's public, of right? Everyone right. can read it and see it. Yeah. And that's part of the secret recipe of shame is having more than one person shaming you like, Hey, collectively. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah. I think understanding the real cause of shame sets us free. Hmm. Shame is essentially an endless cycle of discontentment and comparison in which we can even reject ourselves or are rejected by others when our comparison fall short of the ideal. Examples of this sort of comparison include judgmentalism, fear of rejection, seeking acceptance from others, peer pressure, jealousy, anger, unforgiveness, and insecurity. I feel like I should have had a radio voice for this. <laughs> Especially you, the jealousy. Actually, you do have a radio voice. I don't know if you realize this. I definitely don't. But you do. You have this deep, like, just warm radio. But I should have said peer pressure. <laughs> Jealousy. (laughs) Okay. But to avoid feeling the shame, we rationalize. We become people pleasers. I have struggled with that my whole adult life. We blame others, Mm. practice avoidance and hiding. However, these are not useful mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Instead, we should ask God for discernment and understanding. Learn our weaknesses. Be okay with it. Bring it to him. Trust God's purposes and see ourselves then through God's eyes. He accepts us completely. That is all we need. The more we look to Christ, 
and learn to examine shame biblically, the more we will be set free from man's fickle acceptance. Mm. You know, next time, Michael, we're going to talk about shame and the battle of the mind because that is where shame lives and can be defeated. Yes, that's right. You know, this is freedom indeed. And being free from man's opinion, that is amazing. It's a place Mm -hmm. that a lot of people never experience. Right. They continue to seek man's approval over and over and over and just live in this place of feeling like they are constantly shamed and never measuring up. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. I look forward to talking about the battle of the mind next week. So this month, Denise is offering four freebies if you pre-buy Shame Off You. So I want you to scroll down before you exit out and make sure that you grab those freebies. Order the book and then you will get a scripture reference guide a journal, a poster, and the first three chapters of Shame Off You. So you can start reading right now. So if you scroll down, you can get the pre-buy offers as well as see the links to some of Denise's upcoming speaking events where you can hear her live. And I want to draw your attention especially to August 25th. It's at Denise's home church and it's going to be amazing. You're going to want to be there. Denise and I both will be there and we would love to greet you in person. So the raw truth today is finding the cause of our shame does not produce shame, but helps us to extinguish it. The radical grace is when we understand the roots of our shame and are willing to expose them, we are not shamed but healed. Amen. Amen. (laughs) The real hope is that no matter what the root causes of our shame, all shame can be healed through our great Savior, the Holy Spirit, prayer, and the powerful Word of God. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. (laughs) 